Good morning again. Who's excited for what God's doing through EPAG and what he's going to do in the future? Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me today and grab your copy of God's Word, whether it's e-form or tree-form? Grab it and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me say publicly thank you to our team who have worked so hard, so diligent this week and every day and uh, have made possible some of the things that you're seeing today in the lobby and uh, all the things that happen on a regular basis as EPAG. Can we just say thanks real quick to, I know you got stuff in your hand, but just say thank you to our team today. Yeah, we're so thankful for them. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan or his mystery. For I decided that while I was with you, notice this, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your hand upon we as individuals and as a church. We thank you, Lord, that you cause us to prosper and you establish the work of our hands, and you continue to call us up higher in you. From glory to glory, step by step, day by day, Lord, you help us and you work in our hearts. And you also want to work through us. I just pray in these moments as we kick off this brand new conversation, that Lord, indeed, we would dream big, that we would believe you to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ever ask or think, specifically according to your power that is at work within us and through us. God, that we would have ears that are listening closely to what you would say in these moments. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, good morning, neighbor. If you feel like they're dozing off on you today, you have my permission to just kind of bump them. A little bump of the elbow does the trick. 250,000 people gathered in Washington, D.C., near the Lincoln Memorial on the day August 28, 1963. It was the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. At 3 p.m. in the afternoon, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood before the people with a dream in his heart, a dream that all individuals in America could enjoy equal rights and opportunities. To quote from his famous speech, No, no, we are not satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream 
that one day, right down in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. This iconic speech is well known, perhaps the most famous of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches, and it contributed significantly to the civil rights movement. It wasn't just because Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was the only voice for change. There were multiple. It wasn't just because of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s charisma or his ability to articulate well. It was because this issue mattered for the sake and value of humanity. This issue was an issue for the good of mankind. There have been many other issues throughout history that have been for the benefit of mankind, that have been brought to the forefront, brought to the surface, so that reforms and things could take place to help benefit humankind. And as great and noble as this was for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and as great and as noble as many other efforts have been, there is an even greater good for humanity that needs to take place. The only cure, actually to the greatest problem that humanity faces. To borrow from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can say this as boldly today, I have a dream. Now let me make sure that you understand, it's not about me. In fact, the dream that that I have, that our team has for EPAG, that I hope will be ingrained in your hearts, it's much bigger than me, and even bigger than just us. I understand my family's God-given assignment to EPAG, and I understand my role as lead pastor, and I certainly understand the significant responsibility and burden it carries. Our team understands the responsibility and burden of serving this local church family. But I understand more than anything that my aspirations and the aspirations of this church must be led strictly by the desires of God and what's going to further His kingdom. What I'm beginning to share with you today and what I'll begin to unfold throughout this month is our team's dream, and I pray it becomes the dream and reality for all of EPAG. Scripture teaches us that the Apostle Paul had a God-sized dream in his heart. He had a dream to take the gospel, the good news about Jesus, to people who had never heard it before to people who had never experienced salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And he also had a desire that once those people were saved and began to follow Jesus, they would learn what it meant to live a Christ-like life as Jesus' followers. Paul knew what life was like before Jesus for himself. He knew how radically Jesus had changed his own life from being a persecutor of Christians, from being a person who desired to imprison people of the way, people of Jesus, to being a messenger for the cause of Christ. He knew that Jesus loved him so much that he gave him a supernatural encounter that radically changed his life. And he knew with that transformation in his own life came an assignment to inspire other people to follow Jesus as well. I have a dream today. Like Paul, I've tasted and seen in my own life that God is good. I've felt and I've experienced His love and His compassion and His mercy and grace. 
In another place, Paul said it this way, Philippians chapter 3, I consider everything else worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. One translation reads, the rest is garbage. Another translation reads, the rest is dung. You know, before Christ, we, we thought everything else mattered. Before Jesus, we thought we needed what the world had to offer. We thought we needed to achieve certain things as the world defines as success. But once you come to Jesus, and once you recognize the life and the joy and the peace and the power and the shepherding of your life that comes through relationship with God, you begin to realize everything else is worthless. If I have nothing this world says matters, if I have none of the success, if I have none of the wealth and riches and fame, if I have none of it, as long as I still have Jesus, I've got everything I need. Everything else is worthless. I know Jesus to be the all-sufficient Savior. I know that in my life, he's been the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he's the one that, unlike humanity, is the one who always keeps his promises. And I don't want to keep Jesus to myself. I don't want to enjoy this life with Christ and enjoy this intimacy and relationship with him only to not tell someone else. I want to freely give what I've been freely given. Like the Apostle Paul, I have a dream today. But I come in weakness. I don't have eloquent speech or superior wisdom. I can't compete with those who could debate. But you can find plenty of people that are more articulate. You can find plenty of people who are better leaders, better at dreaming, better at organization, better at next steps. You can find plenty of people who are caught up with knowing the times and, and attentive to the trends of the day. I've never been cool to fit in my own age group. Never. I don't know which clothes I'm supposed to wear. I don't know what slang I'm supposed to say. All I know is if it's fire, it's hot. Which I was brought up learning that fire meant you don't go near it and don't play with it. But now fire and being hot is a good thing, right? I don't know what all the words mean. I'm not up to date on all the latest lingo. I'm probably behind the times I don't come to make a name for myself. I have nothing to prove for people. I, I live for the audience of one. I simply know that in my life, Jesus found me. Jesus came and found me. And in the words of the Apostle Paul, I want to forget everything else except Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross and rose from the grave and did it so that I could be free from sin, have life abundantly and eternal life when that day comes. I simply know he came and found me, and I want to forget everything else. I have a dream today. We have a dream today, and it starts right now. It starts together, and it includes you and I both. If I can be so bold as to pour my heart out to you this month, I'll start here. I have a dream for this local church that the EPAG community would be full of people from every class and every category and every ethnicity and every race, every socioeconomic status, every educational status, every occupational status, every generational class. That the EPAC community would represent what heaven will be like. When in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 the Bible says every nation and tribe and people and language will all gather in worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords named Jesus. 
I have a dream that the EPAC community will be full of fully devoted, all-in Jesus followers. That we won't be one foot in, one foot out. That we won't be lukewarm. That we won't be cultural Christians that just look the part and know how to live religious practices. But we will be people full of the Holy Spirit, dedicated unto God, seeking His Word, seeking Him in prayer, following His ways, and helping others know them. That we will be inspired and resourced to do much more than just know about Jesus, but that we would know Jesus and the fullness of his power. That we will love Jesus with everything we are. And that we will never forsake our first love no matter what happens in this life. That the EPAG community will live life together. And that we'll stay on mission no matter what comes. No matter what the enemy tries to do or multiple enemies try to do, that we'll stay on mission that will not only serve inside the four walls, like right in this moment as people serve even my own kids, but that we will serve even outside the four walls. And that we'll redefine what the word ministry really means. That it won't be just the person preaching with a microphone or standing on a platform or carrying a title or a credential. But that people who are following Jesus will all be engaged in ministry to other people. In the workplace, in the neighborhood, in our family, in our friend circles. That we will recognize every day the Holy Spirit wants to equip us to be about ministering to other people. And that the EPAC community, all of us together, would have a holy discontent. That we would never be satisfied with how many people have been reached with the gospel. That we would always long for one more soul, one more person to know Jesus, one more unreached people group to be reached. For more to know him and know his power. I have a dream for the lost world. I have a dream that you and I, the EPAC community, will have vision beyond just natural sight. That despite the challenges and obstacles that we may seem to face in our world today, we will see souls in light of the gospel of Jesus. That when we look at other people in our world, the people that we would write off and say there's no hope, the people that we would write off and say their heart is too hard and they're too lost in sin, that instead we wouldn't just look and see people where they are, we would see people, we would be able to have vision beyond sight to see people as what they can be in Jesus. Just like you and I, lost before him, found in him. Darkness before him, in his marvelous light with him. Dead in our transgressions and sins, alive unto Christ in him. That we would see people not just where they are, but where God can take them. And that you and I as the EPAC community will love Jesus so much that his love will permeate every area, every place, and every moment of our lives. That people could look at us, listen to us, see us, be around us, observe our lives, and see Jesus on display. I have a dream that because of the love for Jesus that consumes our lives, that because we carry an urgency for a harvest that is great and a time that is short, because we couldn't care less to make a name for ourselves, but rather we want to exalt Jesus. I have a dream today that as EPAG, we will truly inspire people to follow Jesus. Nothing matters more. Like the Apostle Paul, we understand 
that to achieve this, to live out this dream, for it to become a reality, we understand that for over and over again, lost people to be saved, for lost people to believe and follow Jesus, we understand, like Paul, that we're not going to be able to rely on our own power. It's not going to happen that way. There are so many times in life that I would love to be able to walk up to someone and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I get so frustrated because I feel like people are deceived. Sometimes I get so frustrated because I feel like people are giving way to the lies of the enemy. Sometimes I'm looking at things happening in the world and can I confess for a moment, sometimes I want to walk up and just grab people by the shoulders and shake them. I know you've never wanted to do that to anybody. You're wonderful, righteous people. I wanted to say, don't don't believe this junk. Don't go this way. And I've realized that mere human rationale and human debating is not going to accomplish it. People have been trying now for years to debate people on social media with not much fruit coming from it. People for years have been trying to convince merely through human argument that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But I'm convinced that in order for this dream to become a reality, we will not be able to depend only on our own power, but we'll need the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives and through our lives into the lives of other people. Paul said it this way. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Our goal is not simply to get people to arise to a level of intellectual ascent. Our goal is not just for people to have knowledge. Our goal is for people to experience the power of God. Our goal is not to give people the greatest world ideologies or philosophies or to try to keep up with culture to compete for people's attention. Our, our, our desire is not to try to give them the, the motions of religion and just how to do religion. Our goal is to inspire others that the Holy Spirit lives in our lives and to seek to continually be filled with His power because our dream is not that people would put their faith in us or our abilities or even our local church, as good as it may be. Our dream and our desire and our prayer is that people will see and know and experience Jesus and His power and put their faith in Him for the rest of their lives because we know that if we can get people to Jesus he will change their life he's done it for us he's still working in us we know that if we can get people to Jesus he will convince and convict people of their sin you say Pastor Chris I've got people in my family I've got people in my workplace I've got people in my neighborhoods I'm trying to help them see this is not what God intends in the Word of God. And it's right for us to do our part. And it's right for us to maybe sometimes put a rock in a shoe and people to process thoughts and and for them to take that and think on it. And somebody may come along and kind of water that seed and, and eventually they're thinking on it and it's growing in there. But ultimately, there's got to be a work of the Holy Spirit to convict and convince people of their own sinfulness. In fact, Scripture says that unless we be drawn to God, we won't come to God. 
That unless the Holy Spirit convicts and convinces us, we won't be drawn. So we've got to have the work of the Holy Spirit. And if we can get people to Jesus, if we can point people to the truth, we can always trust the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit to convict and convince that person on the other side of the conversation. Not that we've got to do the work of convincing them in our own power, but that while we're being faithful to share the good news of Christ, the Holy Spirit is already at work on the other side of the conversation. If we can get people to Jesus, he will transform their lives. He will free them, deliver them. He will change their hang-ups and their habits and their hurts and their heartaches. He will free people. He will clean out their lives and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. He will transform. And if we can get people to Jesus, he will fill them with his power just like he's done in our lives. I would suggest to you today, There is nothing more important than following Jesus and inspiring others to follow Jesus. Nothing. I get it. We have responsibilities. We have things we have to accomplish each and every day in this life. It's the nature of the life we're living. I understand that things are important. I, I've got to make sure my kids have food to eat today. I, I've got to make sure to work to, so that I can eat. I, I've got to make sure and be where I need to be and take care of my responsibilities. All those things are true. But overarching everything about this life, when it all gets settled, when it all comes down to the bottom of it all, it'll be just like what we talked about last week. Life is short and eternal. Eternity is coming. And the biggest question that we can answer is, have we made a decision to follow Jesus? And are we following Jesus with our lives? When we stand before God, He won't ask you how much is in your bank account. When you stand before God, He won't ask you which car you drive. He won't ask you which job you had or how far you climbed the corporate ladder. I'm not saying all of those things have to be inherently bad. I'm simply saying you can have everything of this world and still not have life and still not have joy and still not have peace and still not have the promise of eternity. But if you follow Jesus with your life, if you make it your sole purpose, I will follow Him. I've decided to follow Him even if none go with me. I will follow him. I will follow Jesus. That's what matters in the grand scheme of everything. And if it matters for us, it matters for everybody else. The greatest and most important thing is that we follow Jesus and that we then inspire other people to follow Jesus. If we keep Jesus just to ourselves, we miss the whole point. The goal is to take as many people with us into eternity as we can to depopulate hell and to populate heaven instead. There's nothing more important than following Jesus and inspiring others to follow Jesus. Nothing matters more in this life to truly know life and nothing matters more for eternity. I tell you again, if I can be so bold as to use the phrase that we have a dream today, That those who are, as I said earlier, lukewarm cultural Christians, who they've associated Christianity with just being an American, and they've associated Christianity with the thing you're supposed to do at certain times of the week, that those people who are one foot in and one foot out, that those people who have religion, they know how to religiously practice it, But it's without the relationship. It's without knowing God more on a personal level. It's without the power of God at work in their life. That those who are chasing the world and caught up in their own version of truth and philosophy. That those who are are in this area. In our part of the world. That's now being labeled 
very simply as Paganistan, that this is a pagan land where so many people aren't following Jesus. That a people that are coming into this area, our world, that are coming from all over the globe, many of them with many other influences in their life, but they're landing here right in our front yard. That unreached people groups, whether they're here or whether they're around the world who have never heard the gospel, I have a dream today that every one of them all will be inspired to follow Jesus. So what's our response? Here's the deal. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to share with you mine and our team's heart. About a year and a half ago, we took on this journey. We said, God, what is it you want to do in EPAG through EPAG? How do you want to lead us? We want to hear from you. We want to be grounded in your word. We want to be people of prayer. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And we want to make a difference in our world. Lord, show us. What does that look like? And in the next few weeks, you'll hear me talk about how I think as a church in America, we've got to take a little bit different approach. We can no longer assume that people are going to come walking through the doors of the church. But truly, the saints have to be equipped to do the work of the ministry outside the four walls. That I believe that we can resource and help people to follow Jesus every day of their lives. And not just being here on a Sunday or Wednesday. I pray that this is just a, a little shot in the arm for you. I pray it's just icing on the cake. That you're already following Jesus every day of your life. And this is about gathering together and worshiping together. I pray that EPAG, and I'll share this with you, that we would become a community of people that are more like family than we are acquaintances. That we will be there for one another to offer hope and encouragement and motivation. And even in times of crisis, we'll rally around each other. And that coming together and working together and serving together and holding one another up. In doing that, there will be strength in numbers and we will see impact develop into our world as well. And that as we serve, we'll do more than just serve with our giftings here. That we'll do more than just teach our children the Bible at EPAG. We'll do more than just teach our youth students how to navigate the difficult conversations of this current culture. That we'll do more than just serving on a Sunday or a Wednesday or even for an Autumn Fest or a VBX. But that every day we would recognize that Christ can extend hope to the people around us through us. That what we do every day may be called work or it may be called responsibilities at home or it may be called family time. But that in every one of those moments, God can help us to steward that opportunity to serve someone else. To be conscious of someone else and whether they're following Jesus or not. Over the next few weeks, we'll talk about the pillars that, that guide how we live this out. How do we go about inspiring people to follow Jesus? How do we strategically live this out as a church community? But today... We wrap up by simply asking a couple of questions. Number one is, are you a fully devoted follower of Jesus? Have you not just made the decision and had a moment of prayer, but are you truly and intentionally looking to the Lord and heeding His Word and understanding and growing in relationship with Him? Maybe you've never made that decision. Or maybe, just maybe, Today, you're, you're, you fit the category a little bit more of, you know, I, I follow Jesus. and I've made that decision somewhere along the way, but I've allowed some space between me and God. 
I've gotten caught up in life. I've gotten caught up in the responsibilities of life. I've gotten caught up in chasing the things of this world to a point that God's gotten the back burner on my, on my life. And today you're recognizing I, I need to truly really be all in with this thing. This is more than, than just some cultural norm or used to be cultural norm. This is about me knowing life in Christ. And I need him to lead my life. I need to know that shepherd who wants to guide me because he'll guide me along the right paths. Before you go about trying to inspire someone else to follow Jesus, it's important that we make sure we're following Jesus. It's important not that we're going to be perfect in every moment of our lives. We all fall short of the glory of God. But it's that we love Jesus and we're wanting and seeking and and acting intentionally to follow him. And then we can really show other people and inspire other people what that means. So are you following Jesus? And then secondly, the question in just a moment that we will take part in together is are, are you all in? Can you, be, can you say today that you're all in with what God wants to do through us? And that means we're saying, Holy Spirit, we want you to invade our lives. We want you to empower us. We want you to do the work in us and we want you to do the work through us that we cannot do on our own. We can't change people's minds. We can't change people's hearts. But God, if you, if you will work through us, if you will empower us, courage and boldness and the truth of your word, if you will be at work, great things can happen. I'm going to ask you, if you will, if you're in the room today, would you stand with me? In just a moment, I'll reference the pair of shades that are there on your seat. I might even be able to pray a prayer of dismissal for you to catch part of the first quarter of the Vikings game today. Because I know what you're thinking. But I think we can all agree following Jesus and knowing Him is more important than anything else. I want you to bow your heads, would you, today and close your eyes for a moment. No one looking around. I just want you to be honest before God today. Prayer team members, would you come and just Make yourself available on either side of the auditorium today. In just a few moments, we're going to do a couple things together, and I'm going to pray over you. And you're going to have opportunity to talk with someone about following Jesus, to pray with someone, to make a decision to follow Jesus. We've got Bibles for you at the Hub today. If you don't have one or you need one that helps you understand what you're reading, we have those today. We'll be happy to provide them. If you've got any other questions... The hub is the place to stop, kind of that one-stop place for everything you need. But there are people in this room today who will pray with you, who will talk with you about following Jesus. I just want to ask honestly today, can we let the Lord search our hearts and lives and be honest before Him, not for me, for Him? Would you say today, I haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, and, and I need to make that decision today. Maybe for the very first time, let's start there. For the very first time, you say, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I recognize that I'm a sinful human being and that only Jesus was perfect and sinless and he took my place and he paid the price I should have paid and he made it possible for me to have relationship with Almighty God. If you want to make that decision for the first time, would you simply just lift your hand up today? If you're online today, would you just jump in the comments or send us a private message and say, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus? Maybe some of you today fit that other category we talked about. 
you made a decision to follow Jesus. Somewhere along the way, you said, I'm all in. I want to follow Jesus. But you recognize today there's a gap. There's a space that exists between you and God. And you understand that God hasn't moved. You moved. And you recognize today you've got everything else going on. You're, you're caught up with a lot of other things. You're maybe even consumed with some other things. And, and God's kind of taking a back seat. And today you're saying, I, I want to really be all in with Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to really follow him with my life. And I want to see what he wants to do. And I, I want him to shepherd me because I'm realizing if I do things on my own, I'm going to make a mess of my life. But if he leads me, it's the right path. If that's you today and you recognize there's some space that exists between you and the Lord and you're, you're wanting to, to pray and say, Lord, forgive me for allowing that space, but I want to I follow you wholeheartedly. If that's you, would you lift your hand today? Eyes are closed. Lift your hand today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are up all over the room. People recognizing, hey, I want to I truly follow Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to do a couple of things together before we close. And I'm going to ask that if you raised your hand today, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. I'm making a decision. I want to close the gap. I want to walk closely. I want to really know what it means to have daily relationship with God. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to come talk and pray with one of these prayer team members today. Let them pray with you. Let them walk you through these decisions. Let them walk you through what it means to follow Jesus. Don't leave this place until you and the Lord are on the same page. Eternity is coming. Life is short. And I want you to know the joy of walking with Jesus and to know the joy of being prepared for eternity. I want to pray for you. Lord, today in this room, and maybe online as well, there are people who are saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And God, I pray for all of us. Let that be more than lip service. Let that be more than just words we speak. Let it even be more than just the raising of a hand. Lord, today, help us to live a life that truly is following you. That as you step, we step. As you speak, we listen and obey. That we will be a people attentive to you that will want to know you more, that will crave and hunger to know you more, to know the fullness of your power at work in our lives, Lord. That we will not turn away and follow the things of the world that the world has to offer, but we will be all in in following you, Jesus. And whether it's for the first time or whether it's closing a gap today, I pray, God, that each and every one of these that have said, that's me, or each and every one of them in their hearts that recognizes, that's me, I pray you will be at work so powerfully, even in these moments, oh God. You stretched out your arms, Jesus, on the cross, and you welcome those to know you. I pray, oh God, today there'll be clarity and understanding. There'll be empowerment from your Holy Spirit, ongoing transformation. That, Lord, in a way like never before, they would, they would hear your voice and they would walk with you closely. Help us all, Lord. We all want to walk closely with you. Let nothing distract us. Let nothing come in between. May we walk humbly before our God. Help us, Lord. And Lord, help us to inspire other people to follow you. 
we recognize this is the greatest decision and the greatest importance of this life is to follow you, Jesus. That this life would be led of you, that we would truly know a joy and a peace and a power, Lord, that, that just go beyond what we can even comprehend. And that, Lord, we would be prepared for eternity whenever that moment was to come, Lord, to be with you forever. Help us, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit. There are some challenges in this world. There are some obstacles, it seems, in the natural in this world. But Lord, you're great at taking obstacles and giving us opportunities. And we want to walk through those doors of opportunity. We want our co-workers and our neighbors and our family members and our friends and even people we know nothing about, we want all of them to know you, Jesus. To follow you with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to invade us. On a personal level, we want your empowerment. As a church community together, we want your empowerment because we recognize the change that is needed in hearts, the change that is needed in lives, the freedom that needs to be known. It's only going to come, oh God, by your power. By your power. Would you do a work in us and through us, we pray. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to do something before you go today. I'm going to remind you, if, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't today, there are people who will pray with you and talk with you about following Jesus or about closing that gap and really being all in with the Lord. I want you to reach down on your seat today, and I want you to grab that pair of sunglasses that are there. Now, let me a answer a couple of questions for you. Uh, these are not prescription. So if you're looking for these to help you with your eyesight... I'm sorry. You're going to have to wear them over your glasses, I guess. On the side of these glasses, it has the EPAG logo, and it just simply says, Dream Big. The Scripture says in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able. All glory belongs to Him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. That He can do much bigger than we can even pray according to His power that is at work within us. So what we're talking about today, following Jesus, experiencing His power, our individual lives being transformed, but also being empowered to reach other people and inspire them to follow Jesus. So this is a little reminder for you. I want everybody, if you will, we're going to do something a little different that we don't do each week. Would you push in towards the middle today with your shades? Push in towards the middle. You don't have to put them on, but we're going to in a minute. Push in towards the middle today. People from all over the room, just push into the middle. Everybody put your shades on if you have them. This is great. All right, everybody squeeze in, squeeze in. We want to include everybody that we can. I feel like I should turn around and do a selfie, right? Somehow I didn't make the first service picture, so I got to make the second service. We got a few squeezing in. I want you to look this way and smile for me real quick because I am going to take a picture. Very good. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was standing and we were preparing for this series and I was doing some recording work and I said, you know what? The future's so bright, we got to wear shades. So today, you've got a pair of shades to take with you because the future's so bright that we got to wear shades. 
God bless you as you go today. If you need prayer, come forward. There are people who will pray with you. Take those glasses. Let's dream big and let's inspire someone to follow Jesus.